Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Middle Falls Christian Center. I greet everyone in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God is good and all the time. And uh, special greetings to our parents, to Pastor Harold and Auntie Maud. We are so fortunate to be under your covering. It's been so wonderful to be here over the weekend, to be here during Pentecost. Hallelujah. Let us clap hands for our parents. And uh, before I even introduce the topic of what I'll be talking about, can we just close our eyes? Father, I thank you, O God. May you minister as you will. Right now, Father, I make a total and a public declaration, Father, that more of you and less of me. I thank you, Father, that you touch the hearts of people that are here. We thank you, Father, for your word. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Minister to the hearts of people here, Father. We thank you that no one will live here the same again. We thank you, Father, for your presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone, once again. And today, as we are speaking about Pentecost, as this is Pentecost, I'll be speaking about being on fire. Hallelujah. Being on fire. God has called us to be on fire all the time. God has called us to set the fire in situations and circumstances, in places where people said there is no fire. God has called us to set the fire. Hallelujah. How many people that are here are saying that they will make a commitment to be on fire for the Lord? How many people that are here that will make a commitment to set the fire in their homes, to set the fire in their businesses, to set the fire in their marriages? Hallelujah. And therefore, with the time that we've been given, I'll be speaking on the fire. And uh, as we know that it is Pentecost, uh, Pentecost, the Church of Acts, the famous Church of Acts, that's where the church was actually birthed. And when we read in the book of Acts, without turning there now, when we read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, it speaks of the fact that fire came upon people. Fire came upon people. And after the fire came on all the people that were there, they went around and they did miracles. They went around, they prayed for the sick, they prayed for the lost, they prayed for the broken, they performed the extraordinary. It is written in God's word that when people saw Peter and John, they realized that these men had courage, that they had courage, that they spoke with boldness, and they realized that these were just ordinary men like ourselves. These were ordinary men that performed signs, miracles, and wonders. Again in the scripture, it says that these are the men that have come to turn the world upside down. And this evening, God is calling us to turn the world upside down. God is calling us to turn the world upside down. Whether it be in your company, God is calling you to turn the world upside down. Whether it be in your business, God is calling you to turn it upside down for Jesus. But before that fire came upon them, 
We also need to see what happened. What are the events that preceded the fire falling upon them as it is found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. So for now, we're just going to look at what happened and I refer everyone to Acts chapter 1 and we're going to read from verse 4. Acts chapter 1, reading from verse 4 and I'm reading from the NIV version. The NIV version, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and it reads as follows. On one occasion, while he, and in this case referring to Jesus, while he was eating with them. If I may stop there for a while. So before the fire came through, the disciples, we learned that the disciples were in an intimate relationship with Jesus. They had an intimate relationship with the king of kings, that in on one occasion while they were eating, while they were having fellowship, which says to us as the body of Christ, before the fire, before the fire can fall down, there must be a relationship. Out of a relationship with God falls the power of God. Out of an intimate relationship with God falls the fire, the spirit of God upon our lives. Without a relationship with God, without an intimate relationship with God, there is no fire. Before Acts chapter 2, before fire fell upon them, the Bible says that on one occasion, just randomly, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, while he was having fellowship with them, and therefore, what we learn before the fire falls, we must have an intimate relationship with God. From that intimate relationship with God falls. Therein lies the power of God. From that intimate relationship with God, therein the fire of God falls upon our lives. And as we continue to read, it says that while they were eating on one occasion with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And you know, when there is a relationship, God is able to give instructions. We are able to hear him clearly. He's saying, wait, there is a promise. Do not leave yet. Continue reading. And as we pass verse 6 and we move to verse 7, he said, verse 7 says, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. The power of God flows from a relationship with God. Before they could do anything, God was telling them, you will receive the Holy Spirit, and this is the mandate. You will receive the power, and this is the purpose of your power. You will be my witnesses. You will go to the ends of the earth. You will speak about me. You will represent me because you have a relationship with me. And today, as we are celebrating Pentecost, God is speaking to people that are here, people that are already born again, 
And God is calling you into an intimate relationship with God so that the fire upon your life may never die. God is calling you to a personal relationship with God where you will commune with God, where you will receive instructions from Him. And you will know and know that this is God speaking to you. We are still dealing with the question of what transpired before we got to Acts chapter 2. And when we read again in Acts, still in Acts chapter 1, but when we read verse 9, verse 9 it says, after he said this, this is now referring to Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So at that particular moment, the disciples knew that Jesus would leave, but no one knew the hour. No one knew how it would take place. But what we learn from the disciples, when Jesus left, they kept on looking above. And therefore for us today, if we are to receive the Spirit of the Lord, we need to maintain our focus on Jesus. Let us never be distracted by the things on the right, by the things on the left. Let us maintain our focus on Jesus. It is from that focus that as we focus on Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord, it falls upon our lives. Focus on the Lord in the midst of trials and tribulations. Focus on God even when it does not make sense, even when you do not know how will this and that work together. Focus on God. The disciples, they gazed up, speaking to us as the church, that as the church, as the body of Christ, if we are to receive the power, if we are to receive the spirit of the Lord, if we are to be on fire, we need to maintain our eyes on the Lord. Never be distracted by the things of this world. Never be derailed by the things of this world. Never be distracted, disappointed, all of the deeds. Despair, disappointed, never, never allow them to come to your spirit. And therefore, we know that as we are speaking about being on fire for the Lord, I'm here to encourage us to be on the fire for the Lord, to pursue the fire of God more than gold, more than silver, more than money, because it is those things that quench the fire of God. There is nothing more powerful than possessing the fire of God. There is nothing more precious than possessing the power, the fire of God. Because when the fire of God comes upon us, yokes are broken when the fire of God comes upon us. When the fire of God comes upon us, the spirits, spirits of witchcraft, sorcery and divination are broken in the name of Jesus. When the fire of God comes upon us, our families are protected. When the fire of God comes upon us, demons tremble when they feel the fire of God. And therefore, how do we, how is it that we can be on fire for the Lord? We have learned from the story that the disciples, that they gazed at Jesus. But another thing that we learn about the, the, church, of, the church of the X, the church of the X is that the Bible continuously says that they joined together. They met together on three occasions. You will see still in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, if you read verse 6, it says, so when they met together, first one, 
And then it says it again in verse 14. It says that they all joined together, speaking of corporate anointing. Without the corporate anointing, there is no fire of God. The enemy knows that when we are isolated, when we do not experience the corporate anointing, when we are isolated, there is no fire of God. When we are isolated, we are vulnerable and weak. When we are isolated, we are not even a threat to the devil. Corporate anointing. The church of Acts, before the fire of God fell upon them, they were together. They met together. It mentions it three times. They met together and they prayed, speaking of corporate anointing. And therefore today as the body of Christ, we always need to be careful. We always need to be careful against the spirit of individualism, spirit of independence, where there is no covering, where there is no accountability, where there is no accountability, no covering, therein there is no fire of God. And the enemy knows it, that there is no fire of God. Because when you are isolated, you are weak, you are vulnerable, the enemy can come in and leave at any point. The church of Acts, they met together. It was a habit to meet. They met together. Only then, then God said, now fire upon them. Because they were focused, they maintained their focus on Jesus Christ. Number one, they ensured that they maintained their relationship with God. They were in fellowship with God while they were eating, in fellowship, while they were vulnerable with Christ, speaking of an intimate relationship with God. And yes, after they, were, they had that intimate relationship, they never stopped meeting. There is power when we meet as Christians. Everyone will be set on fire in their own homes, but when we come together, everyone is set on fire. There is a bonfire, if I can put it that way, when we come together. The corporate anointing is important in this hour. We need to protect it at all costs. The corporate anointing. There are certain things can only be broken within the fire when we mix and rub shoulders with other people. The corporate anointing. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, so now we get to the part where now the fires fall down upon them, and it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. There is no Pentecost without fire. Fire is in the middle of everything. The fire of God. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them all. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord enabled them. Hallelujah. The fire of God. I'm here to encourage you, my brother, my sister, whatever it is that you're going through, yes, you might not have this or that. The one thing that you will have, the one thing that you can pursue is the fire of God. When you pursue the fire of God, the fire of God is the answer to any trouble. The fire of God is the answer to any question. The fire of God will elevate you. The fire of God will take you and protect you from dangers that we are not even aware of. The fire of God. 
And therefore, how is it, what should we do in order for us to have the fire of God? It's important that we must understand that we should pray and never cease praying, that we should pray as if our very own lives depend on that prayer, where our prayers are so desperate that nothing else is important, that if, we don't, if I don't clock in the hours, I'm in trouble. That is how the fire of God is filled in our system. That is how the fire of God, the move of God, that is how we are able to experience the hand of God. And yes, prayer with fasting brings changes. There are certain things that can only be broken with fasting. Prayer and fasting. And therefore, I'm here to encourage everyone here during Pentecost, let us all make a renewed commitment. Let us all make a decision to run for the fire of God. Let us make decisions where we will say, on this particular day in the week, this is the day when I will separate myself and I will fast. This is the day when I will seek the face of the Lord. This is the day where I'll make sure that I'm sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The fire of God. Because it, when we do so, we are able to stand in a position to decree and declare. As the word says that he, God has given us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing by any chance will harm us. We speak with that authority coming from a relationship, coming from a flow with the spirit of the Lord. That we will say, fire in my business, fire in my marriage, fire within my children. Hallelujah. And therefore, it is important to understand that God, the word of God says that God is found in fire. God is fire. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, it says that the Lord God is a consuming fire. And therefore, when we get to God, when we are on fire, we get to God. We receive instructions from the Lord. It was with Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that God was in the fire with them when they were in trouble. That God was the extra man in that fire when they were in trouble. It was it with the children of Israel when they left Egypt that the pillar of fire was there for their protection and for their direction. The fire of God. God is found in the fire. When we run to him in spirit and in truth, we are able to find him. God is in the fire. And therefore, with that said, I would like us to read Acts chapter 28, and we're going to read from verse 3. Acts chapter 28, and from verse 3. Acts 28. And verse 3 says, Paul gathered a pile of brush wood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat, hallelujah, may it be that as the fire of God is upon your life, that God will expose any form of snake within your life. Let it be that the fire of God will expose any hidden snake in your family, any hidden snake in your children, any hidden snake in your grandchildren, 
the fire of God. Repeat after me. Father, set my family on fire. Set my children on fire. The fire of God. When we are in the fire of God, when we are in, on fire for the Lord, God gives us instruction. It was in the fire that God spoke to Moses and said, this is what I've called you to do. This is your purpose. It was at the burning bush in the fire that God revealed his purpose. It was in the fire that, yes, Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego were protected. Remain in the fire. Pursue the fire of God. Pursue the fire of God above all other pursuits in this world. And therefore, during Pentecost, as the body of Christ, everyone that is here, we have a responsibility to ensure that the fire does not die out, that the fire continues to flourish, that the fire continues to burn. Because I've seen over a passage of time in my own personal life that when the fire goes out, things also go out. Hallelujah. That which God has blessed you with, in order to sustain the blessing, it needs the fire of God. I've seen it many years ago when I was young. I received a beautiful bursary. And I knew and knew in order to maintain this bursary, in order to make sure that I still receive these funds, I needed to pray. In order to receive the grading, the marks, because studying is spiritual. So before one studies, I needed to dedicate time in prayer. As I dedicate time in prayer, things unearth, things unfold, and I was able to maintain the bursary. Hallelujah. But there was also a season where the fire left. And as the fire left, even the bursary left. Hallelujah. <laughs> but glory to God, when the fire returned, the bursary returned. Hallelujah. <laughs> And therefore, as the body of Christ with the mandate to fulfill God's work, with the mandate to operate under the power of God, with the mandate to function in the anointing of God, we need to make sure that the fire does not run out. The fire must not run out in our families. The fire must continue day by day. With that said, I'd like us to turn to the book of Exodus where we see God tells Moses to say, tell Aaron, in order for him to fulfill his mandate, this is what he should do. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 7. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 7, it reads as follows. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. Verse 8. He must burn the incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Yeah, I love that part. Morning and day. Morning and day. Let it be a lifestyle so that even the generations to come, even the children that come will know that I used to hear my mother or my father praying at the wee hours so that your children may know that I remember 
It was my grandmother praying at this time of the hour. I remember hearing him calling out my name for generations to come. The fire must never go out. The fire must never run out. Again, when we read in the book of Leviticus, if we could all turn there as well, Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6, and we're going to read from verse 8. It highlights this principle that the fire must never go out. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar, have throughout the night, till morning. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The fire must never go out. In the morning, they must arrange it. In the evening, they must arrange the fire. As we read it here, there is no form of delegation. Prayer, it takes active steps. We cannot delegate to say, can you pray? We must do the praying. For us to receive the fire, we must do the work. Morning and night. Again, a few verses, verse 12. And I'll close off with this particular verse. It says, the fire, still with Leviticus chapter 6, but only by that verse 12, it says, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it. Verse 13. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. It must remain for generation to generation. That when they think of your name, they must know that in this family, there is fire. In this family, from generation, from one child to the other, there is fire. It moves from one generation to the other. The fire of God. It must not go out. So during Pentecost, to everyone that is here, as we've enjoyed this wonderful time in the presence of God, there is a challenge. The fire must not go out. Maintain the fire. In the morning, the fire. In the evening, the fire. And in so doing, the devil will have no foothold in our family. The devil will have no say in everything that we do. The devil will feel the fire and he will flee. And therefore, as I draw to a close, I want to encourage the people that are here. Many people, their family members that are not here. Many people, you know the situation in your home more than anyone that is here. You know the situation and the circumstances. I'm here to encourage you that it takes the fire in a home to destroy any form of addiction. That it takes the fire of God in a home to stop the spirit of abuse, to stop the spirit of alcoholism. It takes the fire of God in a home where children have left, where you do not know where they are, for those children to return. And therefore, right now, with all eyes closed, I'd like us to close our eyes. And today, I'd like to pray for someone that between you and God, you know the situation. 
There are some situations you can never discuss with anyone. We spoke about the fire of God. There are many people that are here that are saying, I would like my house to be set on fire. I would like my business to be set on fire. Lord, help me expose any snake, expose any danger in my family. To many people that are here, they say, yes, I know. Connections will not work. Who I know, who I don't know, it will not work. But the fire of God, the fire of God is the solution. And therefore today, I would love to pray for someone. We would love to pray for people that are at the point where they've said, I've tried everything. I've consulted. I've gone to see this specialist. I've gone to see this counselor. The only ingredient that is missing is the fire of God. To the people that are here, that are even at a point where they say, I feel like giving up. I've tried every avenue. I've tried everything. But the situation is still not changing. Yes, my children are still doing that. Yes, my wife or my husband is still doing that. And right now, under the presence of the Lord, in this holy atmosphere, without worrying who said what, who will say what, if there is anyone that is here, they say, please, Pray for me. I may not mention the situation. I may not write it in a card. I may not tell anyone about the situation. But I need the touch of God. The touch of God in my house. The touch of God at my work. The touch of God in my marriage. And therefore, if there is anyone that is here, that says, please, pray with me. Agree with me. Please lift up your hand wherever you are. Without worrying, we're saying what? Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Hallelujah. I see your hands. Hands going everywhere. In this atmosphere, the atmosphere is charged. We've had an all-night prayer. The, the soil is fertile for breakthrough. To those people that have raised their hands, without worrying about anything, I'd like you to take another step. Please stand up and come to the front and let us be in agreement with you that the Lord will set your situation on fire, that demons will tremble within your situation. To everyone that lift up their hands, may you take the next step. Please come to the front. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.